Welcome to Down to Herf, the podcast for cigar smokers, whiskey drinkers, and for the people just looking to kick back, light up, and have a good time. I'm your host, Jerry, and I'm joined by, as always, my co-host, Gio and Caleb. Fellas, 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 how are we doing on this fine, what the fuck day is it, Wednesday? It is a wild Wednesday, it's and Wednesday. hopefully it gets a little wild. Caleb, how are you doing today? Good. I'm thirsty. I'm ready to smoke, and I'm ready for an interview, so I'm good, man. Perfect. Love that. Love that. Gio, what's up, buddy? Well, as Caleb said, I mean, you guys know we got an interview coming at you for this episode. Uh, just enjoying a nice little day off today. We're starting to get to the weather of fall and where you can literally wear any type of clothing you want all year round. Well, not all year round, but until, you know, the dead of winter. I mean, there's the the song, right? Sweater weather. It's finally almost sweater weather, which is actually my favorite. So you know what? It's like chilly in the morning where you need like a hoodie, and then by the time like two o'clock rolls around, it's like, dude, it's so hot. Like I just wish I wore shorts and a shirt today. I'm actually completely okay with that. But yeah, I don't mind it. Listen, we got a great show for uh, planned for you guys. Um, got a guest coming on the show today, right, G? Yes, we do. We got our boy. Hector Alfonso from Espinosa Cigars joining. He is their master blender. He's responsible with a ton of additions to their lineup. And Caleb, you know, has got that jet fuel lighter there going. It's just... It's like impossible to hear what the hell you were saying, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, I mean, Jesus. Professionalism. Where is it? This thing just spits out fire. Hot yeah, fire. because you have it turned all the way up. Yeah. If you turned it down just a notch, it wouldn't make that insane noise. We'll work on that. Okay, so go on the bottom. There's a knob. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm literally just turn. You just turn the knob, Caleb. I'm doing it. Super, super simple. I'm doing it right now. Oh man, God! Every every friend group has that one little slow friend. All right, well, Caleb, (laughs) since since you want to take and you know ruin everything all the time, what are we drinking today, bud? Well, we're doing a little scotchy scotch scotch, and right here we have Glenn Moraney, aged ten years, and this is aged in uh, bourbon cask. Um, obviously from Scotland as Scotch, we have a Highland single malt Scotch, Scotch whiskey. Um, I don't know if you guys have tried this yet, but, uh, as the name implies, you are getting a little bit of, uh, sweetness, a little bit of orange smell and taste as well. I've heard that a lot about Glen Moraney and I'm not much of a Scotch guy. Don't know too much about this one. Uh, just got the bottle in today. Um, but yeah, getting a little floral notes, a little Scotch is reminding me of, uh, some lighter Irish whiskeys, as uh, we talked about and said. So I don't know how you guys are feeling about this one, but uh, what do you think so far in your initial sips? Uh, I mean, well, I can answer for Jerry. He hated it. Uh, that's as simple as that. He's not a scotch guy. Never was. Never will be. Uh, so they say it's like one of those, uh, you know. Acquired Acquired taste. tastes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just not one to seem to be acquiring it. Uh, so I took a couple sips of this before the show. Um, I watered the lawn with it. It's no, uh, no <laughs> shot at fucking, uh, Glen Moraney or what is Glen, Glen Morang? I think it's Glen Moraine. How, how the fuck you even Gl- say that? I think shit? it's Glen Morangi. There's a G I E at the end. So it's you French don't, though. You don't it just, sound, it's like, it sounds like a French name. Hey, Glen I mean, Moraine. the Scottish people can just name it however they want. We should probably have looked this up, but you know, it, it didn't no, no <laughs> Keep in mind, this did win a double go double gold in 2021 at San Francisco. So, um, award-winning scotch here, by the way. Is that the important one? <coughs> What's that? Is that the important one? Yeah, San Francisco is one of the big big dog ones. Like, there's <coughs> Chicago, there's New York, but I believe San Francisco is, like, 
the most important one of the three. Sorry, guys. I was just dying there. Yeah, I <coughs> see that. Yeah, so you just coughed four times into the microphone and cleared your throat. Appreciate that, man. <coughs> now that we're all death nuts four times. Got to really wipe down the equipment today and sterilize. Yeah, what the fuck is that all about, dude? I got nothing, buddy. Mm-hmm. Just a weather change cough, just like you got the weather weather change stuffy nose. It's not stuffy at all, though. <laughs> it's just I can't smell for some reason. COVID. It's on the comeback, they said. Long, long COVID. You've, it's still with you from the past couple of years. Never went away. Fuck that. It's here to stay. Dude, sleep. I'm excited for our guests to come on, man. Uh, dude, guy's a wealth of knowledge. Also, guy's a great fucking time. So definitely looking forward to that. So you guys <laughs> actually met and hung out with him, talked a little bit with him in Vegas this year at PCA, right? I actually met this guy two years ago. Two years ago and then... Speak of the devil. Speaking of the <laughs> devil. There he is. So, we got Hector Alfonso from Espinosa Cigars in the house. What's up, buddy? What, are you sitting outside, okay. dude? I always do do these outside. Yeah? Listen, uh, it's it's nice. It's actually pretty pleasant. Uh, it's not a thousand degrees. It rained earlier. But, uh, you know, I get to smoke out here, and I don't want to smoke the kids out. So, that's what I do. <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish it was fancier, but hey. it's, it is what it is, man. Now, hey, you're still down in Florida. You got the W there, man. Uh, uh, Hurricane season. I, yeah, I can't wait to leave Florida. Really? really? Oh, my God. Are you crazy? Really? So oh, where's the plan? Listen, well, the plan was South Carolina for a while there. Okay. But they have some weird tax situations there they don't tax your pension which is good uh but they do have a weird vehicle tax so like if you have two or three cars and if they're modern you're paying six seven hundred dollars a year on top of tags that's a you know that's a lot for because i can't wait to use the term pensioner i'm a pensioner i'm an old guy on a pension can't afford to this, you know. I want to be that cratchy old man, you know what I mean? Hey, so that's what I'm looking for. Well, I feel like this would be a perfect time to uh, talk about the cigar that we're smoking. Oh, okay, uh, cool. This is Listen, the I, La Bamba I Warhead. Stopped, I just stopped smoking and drinking today, so uh, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm going to do with you guys. So, uh, <laughs> mm. Cheers to that, buddy. Oh, congratulations! Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, Absolutely. I went one day sober. That's about it. I went three hours. <laughs> I like that. That's a retired man we're talking to right now. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm not really retired because I I work. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a lot. Hopefully, Eric won't watch this anytime soon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I still put in. I still get up around 10, you know, put in a half a day. That's that's it's work, bro. You're, living, you, you're you know. living the dream. I wish I could wake up at 10 o'clock and bro, run out by guys, 2 or 3 o'clock. Caleb, you'll get there, bro. You'll get there. You guys yeah. are young. Yeah. We're going to put guys, in our Jerry time. Gio, you guys are young. Yeah, we, Wait till we you got... start making noise when you get out of bed. I mean, you know, first you make noise getting into bed, and then you get noise getting out of bed. It's crazy. That's starting to happen, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's <laughs> what, you, what you, you call guys? it, those uh, old random old man noises that you make every time yeah. you move. Damn, why you got to yeah. say that about Hector like that, bro? It's oh, the random old man noise. 
the random old man hair growing in places. <laughs> what the fuck's this about? Just the farts you know. slipping out. Yeah, the barber's <laughs> like, what are you snipping there for? Oh, you got hair. I didn't have had there before. Well, you know, it's, so uh, you got the cigars they sent you. Yes. Plus uh, the, the secret stash stuff I sent you, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you, yeah. by the way. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you so I much, man. Enjoy those. We, yeah. we, we appreciate that. Uh, Listen, we used to have a much bigger footprint up there in buffalo but you know i don't, I don't know what the, uh, know what the deal is yeah it's very odd yeah. so you want to tell us a little bit about the cigar that we're smoking well you are smoking the warhead nine you know i still got a little bit of echo man i'm gonna see if we can do this here there you go all right so you're smoking the warhead nine it's the ninth iteration of the first le that espinosa did so when we were first starting out uh we were looking for uh, our something something special i mean you got to understand this is back in 2013 2014 so we the guys outside of eric uh anthony at the time myself we are like a heavy cigar we like a different leaf habano is i'm just so over it bro i mean now you can imagine how over i am back then i just started to get over it. so our portfolio was a lot of Habano. We had a Mexican in there. So we wanted to do something powerful. So we uh, took the La Bomba blend, which you usually don't do this. You just take a blend and throw another wrapper on it. But it really worked. So we we did that. And we put the broadleaf on it. And we smoked it. And we're like, wow, this is, this is something that we don't have in our portfolio. This is something that I think will really do well. So we used the whole that whole military motif with the flying tiger. I think it's the flying tigers and the, the, the painting, the bomb, like the old warplanes. And it kind of really took off. Yeah. Uh, it's does it, the blend is the same year to year to year. What's different is the size. And if you look back a couple of years ago, we did a Figurado that punched so many man cards. It was knocking. Oh, can we curse on here? Absolutely. Yeah. The fuck you it want. was knocking motherfuckers out left and right. So we it like that. It's you know, it's like the old it's like the old cop with his slapper. He was just knocking the shit out of people. These guys were just <laughs> I remember walking to the shop and a guy was just, just laying back in the cut and I go, What happened? And he's like, Oh bro, I figure out oh, bro, I figure out put it on my ass. Hey you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, daughter smoked two of these this morning. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, she's seven. She's seven. She's, she's seven. not even allowed to smoke. But no, that that cigar really puts some people on their ass. And everybody tells me, "Oh, what's different? The size, the size, the size, the size." And, and so and we would consider this, this a Figurado, right? This is a more of a Perfecto. I want. I don't want to get into that argument with AJ because everybody. Mm, listen, there's no continuity on sizes. A Toro, what's a Toro? What's not a Toro? What's a what's a Robusto? So they call it a Perfecto. I went with that. All right. So you sent us quite a few of these, Hector, and uh, you know you I, was gonna sm- I was going to smoke this. Send them back? No, I was going to. I was. Gonna, I almost smoked this at work yesterday, and I'm glad I didn't. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Just, just solely Dude, based. I, I saved it for this show. And if you're you're telling me this thing's putting dudes on their asses, I'm glad this isn't the one I had. One, I don't think this one nearly is as strong as the one from two years ago. Okay. Last year's was so nice. 
It was six by six that I don't smoke, but it was very pleasant. It was very just across the across the smoke. It was it still had its power and and, and the real good flavor, but it didn't really knock you out. That five by fifty eight, that was really that that and the and the Lancero, we did Ooh. several years ago. That one knocked some people in their ass. This I love a good Lancero. Yeah, listen, don't ever tell somebody they sent you too many cigars. That's a rookie mistake, dog. Rookie mistake. Don't worry. No, no, no. Anyone said you sent you sent quite a few. I don't say that too. I got guy bosses listening, bro. Tell them I sent you three. Yeah, you did. You're killing me, bro. Three. Killing me. You sent three. Well, I got I gotta say the shape and the size of this thing is really cool. And then when you take off the band at the foot, it like almost matches the shape of the cigar, and it's like a a bomb. It's perfectly uh, right. You actually you got the band off. A lot of guys just struggle with that band. It was tough. It almost ripped on me. Yeah, we are, right we're notoriously bad for that. All right, let me a second to light up. Mm. All right. Mm. And just to say, first initial, like, uh, smells and cold draw on this. I uh, got, like, a dark chocolate. Reminds me of, like, a, a dark Hershey's bar. So it's, uh, it smells really great. It's very pleasant. I don't know if you guys got any initial smells or taste, cold draws, whatever. But that's mm. what I got. Yeah, uh, Jerry got a smell of your ass. Uh, hey, uh, hey, blah, blah. Okay. There we go. Well, all right. So, Hector, tell yes, me. Sir. How'd you end up getting with Espinosa, man? I know what you did previous to this, dude. Obviously, a, uh, funny, a brother in blue. It's a funny story. Uh, listen, it, and it's life, life is funny like that. In 2008, 2009... We really went through a kind of a recession here with the housing bubble. The housing bubble burst, and Miami-Dade County is a municipality that really makes its money off the taxes of homes. Uh, so, as when that went into a shitter, the mayor balanced the the county's budget on the back of his employees. So, we took a huge pay cut. At that time, I was working in internal affairs, but I was working in a special section that's called criminal conspiracy. So we don't take a complaint. This officer was rude. He slapped me or he, he was late to court or anything <laughs> like that. We took real cases. I mean, cases where there was criminal activity, there was criminal conspiracy. So it's hard to work those cases not on overtime. Because let's say we're following Gio or Caleb, and, and he works midnights, and you work days, you have you're not going to adjust by contract. That's a problem. So we would you know work work some overtime here and there. So it became kind of a cluster, and you know it, it, it was tough because when you when you work in those assignments, and, and they teach you early not to not to expect overtime as salary. It's found money, but you know how that goes. Once we start <laughs> making that those 14, 16 hours pay period, you count on it. So this happened, and it went on for a couple of years. And as life, luck would have it, Eric calls me one day. I met him at a cigar shop that I worked on the weekends because actually, let me push the date back, 2010 to 2012. So uh, I meet him at the shop. And I said, man, this guy is loud. Who the fuck is this guy? And I, 
And uh, the owner comes over and I said, bro, who is that guy? And he goes, oh, he's a cigar rep. So me and my snarky, you know, the way we are, shouldn't that guy be selling you cigars? And he goes, well, he works for Georgia State and Rocky Patel, so I actually need him more than he needs me. So, you know, I, I, I watched him. The guy was very good, very good at what he did. And uh, while he sold Rocky and he sold the Drew Estate stuff, he was slinging his own cigars. Look, the Musiadago, the 61 Blue. So I respected the hustle. So I looked him up on social media, and we had a lot of the same friends, not cigar people. Uh, people that I knew from junior high. So the next time I ran across him, I said, bro, how do you know these people? And he went, I, I went to school. Because, you know, that's how he talks. And it's funny, after all these years, when I do his part of a conversation, I have to do it in his voice. I don't know why. Uh, bro, uh, high school, junior high. And I said, well, so did I. So we talked. We lived a mile and a half apart from each other and didn't know it because of the border on 47th Avenue in Carroll City. I lived east. I lived west. I'm sorry. So I went to one high school. He lived east. He went to the other. But we had friends in the feeder schools. So one thing led to another. Uh, when he'd come in, we'd say hi. We were friendly. And then one day he calls me. Uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm leaving the station. I'm not used to. You know how you know how you, you know how it is. Nobody calls you to tell you. I do what the, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Don't worry about what I'm doing. You know. So. Uh, I said, no, I'm leaving home to work in the station. He says, uh, meet me at a Home Depot. All right. Well, get to Home Depot. I call him. Hey, I'm here. Where you at? All right. Uh, leave Home Depot. Make a right. Go about a mile. There's some warehouse. I'm like, man, this shit smells fishy <laughs> as fuck. I said, all right, no problem. So when I pull into this warehouse, there he is. I parked like four or five spaces away from him. So I'm wearing the same, you know, typical shirt with a t-shirt underneath. So when I got out of the car, he could see that I was armed. <laughs> and uh, I said, what's up? <laughs> he goes, bro, what's up? And I said, I saw how they whacked Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. This is fucked up. <laughs> and this is Miami, so this could be yeah. like, this could be a Coke deal maybe, something going we on. We might as well have <laughs> pulled up trunk to trunk. I mean, what kind of shit is that? And you know, he laughed, and then he said, uh this is going to be Espinosa cigars. Prior to that, unbeknownst to me, he was on a trip in California and his old partner posted the new cigar he was going to do without him. So Eric was kind of stuck like Chuck and he, but he's resilient as fuck. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you he's resilient as fuck. They've left him for dead three times in this industry. And each time he's just, you know, he's put the shit together, reorganized, and 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 move forward, and stronger each time. And uh, he looked at me and he said, "Bro, this is uh, this is what I want to do, and I want you to come work for me." Of course, I'm like, "What do you want me to do?" Uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and and that's typical. Thirteen years later, that's typical of our relationship now. <clears throat> How are we gonna do it? Don't worry about it. I, I got it. And you know that you don't like to hear. We guys like us don't like to hear. I got it. No, how about you tell me before you go get it, so I know to run or to go behind you. You know. So, uh, and this is and this is where we are. And we took our first trip to Nicaragua, and he saw that I really liked the field and the tobacco and and 
Next thing you know, he's like, hey, uh, can you go to Nicaragua? I said, yeah, when are we going? He goes, yeah, you're going. You know what I like. You know what I need. Uh, you've got, you've made some friends there. I know Nick Malello and Willie and, and Amica from Tavicusa and go down there and do make some blends. And, and it was our, our first cigar that gave us a, a, a real break. It was the La Bamba Bunker Buster, which we did for smoking. And, you know, it's, it's that's how it's been. Listen, I, 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 unlike a lot of guys that you'll run across at the show that, that I know you got a chance to go to and, and you've interviewed some guys, I don't, I don't, and like my boys give to, we don't that master blender shit. You know, we are good at what we're good at. And, you know, I, I'd rather consider myself a ray of cigar blending because she can make a good sandwich, you know, she's been, and she's kind of hot in the dirty way. So I kind of like, like that, you know? <laughs> So that's where we are. Listen, we've been very luck, lucky as, and blessed, you know, because I think they both go hand in hand. Because, listen, you walk around that show floor, and there are hundreds of great cigars that never will get recognized. Some won't make it. Some will end on a discount bins. But it's that tipping point thing, the right cigar in the right person's hands, who told the right person, who spread, who, you know, who spread the fire, who fanned the flames. Plus, I work for a guy who is a, you know, he's just a, an id. You know, they, they, the people love him. And then we're being a company that established itself through social media where he's in contact with people and his customers. We, we've been very successful. Listen, it drives me crazy because people have his phone number. You know, people, customers. Some guy in, in uh, Junction, Junction Fart, South Dakota, will call him and say, hey, you know, I can't get any uh, this. And Eric will send him a five-pack. And I'm like, bro, you've got guys for that. you got guys to run interference and to say no. Because I love to say no. <laughs> Knows my shit. You know? And, uh, but he said, bro, this is how I started this company. We're not going to stop now. And this is where we are, brothers. I mean, I, I, I want to tell you that we're the greatest and the best, but that's that, that's ridiculous. We're a very, we're still a small company, uh, probably one of the large boutiques. We have a very nice footprint. Uh, we have a a good team. You know, Eric has a son who has become really a marketing guy. I mean, just conceptually, some of the things that he thinks of that. As the guy who works on a cigar, I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, how can we do that? <laughs> let's, let's. I, I like the idea, but hold on. I mean, you go back to a couple of years ago, we did a cigar with a swing box, and the cigar wasn't even done. There was no concept for the cigar. It was a swing box. So now we're thinking, well, how are we going to do this with that? Then his sales team, you know, he has Jack, who has 20 years in this industry who has what I like to call lounge presence. Because if he walks into a cigar lounge, unless you have been in jail or in or out of the industry or in hiding, you know him from Toronto. You know him from Duran, that little short time is there. You know him from General. I mean, he's been around. And Jack's a great guy, man. And he's a, and he's a funny guy. Really and funny. He's, smart, he's funny, smart. Clever. He's, he's, he's very, very clever. clever. Where, where Eric is more of a 
street guy with the street smarts and funny as hell and really engaging. Jack is, you know, that clever and engaging guy where I am clever and not so engaging. And then we have Richie, who's super engaging. I mean, you know, how he, how he, yeah, I'm trying to find the best way to say this. Joe, he's that guy. You know, he shakes your hand. He's him. What's up, brother? The close talker, the hug. You know, that's Richie's that. that that's my boy. That's 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 Richie's. That's your stick. But they love him. They, the people who love him love him, and people who love Jack love Jack, and and those few who love me are like the fuck. But you know, <laughs> we we have a nice team. I mean, right now Jack is in Memphis with Junior because they're doing a Guy Fieri event, which I can't even begin to get to tell you the logistical nightmare. It's like serving a warrant. It's like, it's like, it's like, I was going to say. I'm glad I can say that to you guys, and you guys know what I'm talking about. What do you What do you think's harder? And we'll just we'll be real blunt about it, right? Say what we want. That's kind of how we got to where we're at. Yeah, but uh, you, you guys, I need. I gotta. I keep. I need a job. What's harder? Working as a police officer in 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 Miami Dade County, or working with a guy like Guy Fieri, I got to imagine no, it's got to be very challenging. It's challenging, but let let me start with this. And these are not my words. I am echoing the words of Abe, who's a you know for the guy from Smoke In, who has a show like you guys and a following and retail stores and is engaged with a lot of manufacturers. He said that the Guy Fieri cigar, the knuckle sandwich has signed to set the bar for celebrity cigars because a lot of them have not worked. All right. Now the reason that it's worked is because of his celebrity and he took a lot of work to get where he's at. But on, but on top of that, I'm sorry, aside from that, he's just a regular guy. But he's just a regular guy with his problems that we can't court, we can't relate to. Well, he's a fucking instance, household name, man. My uh, wife and, knows and, who he is. And and she's like, oh, things, my God, you met Guy Fury." I'm like, yeah, I met Guy Fury. And that's one cool. of the things <laughs> when we started, I said, the guy says, well, how's it going to help you sell cigars? I said, listen, does your wife smoke cigars? The guy goes, no. I, go, I bet you she watches some food over yeah, yeah. Listen, we all watch wife does it. Yeah. Triple G, man, that that's a yeah, staple mark D, in the house, well, man. You know, Great game. And he he will maintain this industry for us. Well, let me get back to your question, though. He's just a regular guy, but with his set of problems that are different than Jerry's and Gio's and Caleb's and myself. We're doing a we're doing a Zoom, and Eric's like, uh, you know, guy, we need to get some events out there. And guys, like, absolutely, we got to get some events under our belt. You know, to keep the brand going. Right now, I'm going to be a little busy uh, with some other stuff. Plus, I am my plane is in service for a month. So he said that it went through one ear and out the other, and I brought it back up in the meeting. And he goes, "Well, Hector, I, I had said," and I said, "Bro, I'm so sorry because my plane in service did not register <laughs> in the melon because I don't know anybody." <laughs> His own it's private not, jet. Who yeah, the fuck? Yeah, None of us have a fucking plane. So you know of what? Now, not, now you're gonna I bring in the RV. The guy. No, you mean you can't fly commercial? But that's ridiculous. Of course he can't. My son, who is currently a police officer now in his tenth year, I flew him in last year to be his body man during lunch while he was on the show floor. 
and he talked to me and he goes, Pop, this guy can't take 10 steps. I love you. Sign this. Can I have got a picture? Can I shake your hand? Can I get a hug? He goes, God, this this guy's this guy's pop. I haven't seen anything like this ever, ever. And, I, and he's and he's a young cat. Hector's thirty seven, but he said, bro, this guy's ridiculous, ridiculous. And all he wanted to do was eat a hamburger. We had to surround him with ropes, and, you know, just so the guy could eat his hamburger. And still, hands greasy food. I love you, guy. Can I get a? And he took a picture of. Him. I just want Guy Fieri's greasy hands on me. <laughs> Some creep's gonna say it. Well, so listen, is is it hard working with him? No, it's it's challenging in the fact that he has he has his ideas. What idea? Listen, he's successful, so you have to at times defer. It's not like he's uh, redoing, the, remaking the wheel. You know, he he knows what he knows what works for him, and we're trying to integrate that into the cigar industry. And it's good that he's gone to the show because he's seen how it goes. You know, he walked around, he saw the booths and the and the retailers. You guys know retailers. You know how retailers can be. But yet there they are standing in line to get, you know, to get a signature and an autograph, a picture, because he transcends the energy. But you know what's and, really crazy about Guy? Guy could go to the show with us on Saturday during the day. And then he's at UFC the next night, shaking the hand of Donald Trump. It's just a completely yeah. different world. His his Venn diagram is so much different than ours. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, listen. He, Five star Michelin chefs one day, the former president another day, cigar guys all weekend. The and the people he knows. Uh, hey man, can I'd like to send a box to Post Malone? <laughs> <laughs> Syracuse graduate out in New he York. He sends Eric. A message a couple of months ago. Hey, can you please send a box to Al Pacino? Ah, right, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty I cool. mean, you, I say, wait a minute. You got Al Pacino's address? <laughs> right? Let's go. Yeah, dog. <laughs> we can, can sell that to team here. So we can, can do something with this, with this, you know? Listen, we'll send it, but, like, I need to sign, like, Scarface poster or you something. To, yeah, you have to sign it, and you have to call me a cockroach. <laughs> oh, perfect. You kidding me or what, man? Are you kidding me or what, man? First, you got to get the power, <laughs> but it's like that. And I'll tell you, he's uh, he's for a guy with that kind of schedule. Last year, he went to Abe's event in in West Palm Beach. He did Lazona Palooza. He went to two nights of the Big Smoke. He went to the show. He did an event in Puerto Rico. That that was his first big launch. He rode two days with Eric, January 3rd and 4th or 2nd and 3rd, to visit some shops because the cigar was coming out. He had two bundles of cigars. Those are the only people who tried the cigar prior to pre-sale. Nobody else, everybody, nobody had tried the cigar. Myself, him, Eric, Jack, Junior, and Richie. That's it. The team and those retailers that they visited. And we were swamped with orders. I mean... It, it it makes you sit back and go, damn, you know this is this is we for, for when we launch something, and we launch and we do a thousand boxes and we got pre sales three sales on a thousand we're excited, as you should be nine thousand boxes. Jeez. So see. they're at three thousand. Terrible walk and go, bro. I hope this is good. <laughs> yeah, I bet. without a doubt. 
I mean, but, there's what three blends now, right? There's the Connecticut, there's the Maduro, and then the Habano, we, we and they're all good. The Habano. They really Thank are you. all good. Thank you. We started with the Habano and the Maduro because we're in Espinosa, and there has to be a Habano. Habano <laughs> is the uh, kosher meal alternative for anything I do. Has to let me try that at Habano. Yeah, right. I mean, to even touch on the wrappers really quickly before we get back into that, like even sure, with sure. this, like this was a little different for you guys because it's a, like. One, it's a Nicaraguan broadleaf, which that alone in itself is uncommon. So, well, you had to, bro. Look, to, when the broadleaf situation is no joke. I mean, they some guys, some of the guys who know way more than me, tell me in five years, uh, outside of the farmers that grow particularly for a couple of people, I think a broadleaf will be a thing of the past. So the fact that these guys got to grow it, and it's the veritable taste pretty similar, it hasn't affected the blend. Is, is a great thing. Uh, so we did those two. Uh, we were very lucky. One got reviewed by Cigar Fortunato and ended up on the top 25. Uh, then we did a couple of limited. We did a cigar for his birthday, which to me was yet another tipping point in our company's history. We could do 500 boxes and be very happy because everybody would get two or three and we're fine. All of our customers were serviced. All the good customers would get two or three boxes. The, the customers that didn't, you know, that aren't up to the same level, well, maybe next time. We did 500 of these. And the, the people, we, we actually pissed off more people because they wanted that 55. Where is it? It was a, it was a Mexican wrapper. It was a very, very potent cigar. And people loved it. It was oval. So it had people had people crazy, you know? So we learned two things. Uh, first of all, this guy, if you anything, as long as we play it right and, and we take care of it, both of us, this could go on 10 years, maybe more, thank, knock on wood. Secondly, we've learned we are no longer a 500-box company of anything. We, 500 <laughs> yeah. boxes is not going to work for us anymore. It That's causes like an more East problems. Coast thing. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it causes more problems. So, so Hector, I got a question for you because I don't know how this whole thing started. But how did Guy Fieri get involved with uh, Eric? Like, who approached who first, and or how did that Guy, work out? Guy made some inquiries on the West Coast. He's very close to Matt Booth. Yes, Matt Booth and him are, are friends, and I think they're godparents to each other's children. I'm not quite sure of that. So, Tim Wong had a little bit to do with this, but they got Guy in contact with Eric. And talk about getting two guys that are peas at a pod. So Eric called me. Uh, hey, bro, uh, what are you doing? Uh, it's Sunday. It's, it's fantasy football. What do you think I'm doing? I'm on my app and I'm pissed off. I'm pissed <laughs> off. Oh, bro. That's because so these true. guys got blown out and they stopped running the ball in the second quarter. So I'm sitting here. I'm, but anyway, I digress. Uh, said, I'm home. He goes, uh, come by the office. Uh, Guy Fieri is going to be here. All right. Well, I'm I'm not a foodie like he and Jack are, and his son, and even Richie. I'm not a foodie. I'm very happy, bro, with a hamburger. I went to Buffalo a couple of years ago. I was happier than pig and shit. How anybody lives to be over 65 in Buffalo is incredible. You know, because the guys at Cigar was- Hustler, I just want to stop you for one second. You know, the guys at Cigar Hustler say that our food sucks. The chicken wings suck. The food sucks oh. here. And, and oh, you know, 
Mike, if you're listening right now, he's a healthy right eater, though. Yeah, he's a healthy he's eater. Big. But yeah, I'm gonna tell you, Mike, eater. if you're listening, I told you, bro. You're take it from a guy like Hector, man. He knows. Yeah, he but knows. Mike's not eating. Mike's not eating a hot dog wrapped in bacon. <laughs> That's true. That's, uh, covered that with, is true. Covered with I some mean, shit sauce. Yeah, yeah like some beef on whack. The guy who the guy who took me around. His name is Tim McCabe. Very nice guy. Lives in Buffalo. Worked at Buffalo Cigars. I don't know if he still does part time. He took me around. And, you know, he took me to have wings. Fantastic. He turned me on to some fucking juices like crack that you guys drink. Loganberry. Like, Loganberry. Loganberry. That shit got me For jacked sure. up, dog. I was like, listen, man. You got any more of that Loganberry? You know, <laughs> you know. Yo, I was like pookie and shit with the little pookie handed out turkey. We got to start then, exporting some Loganberry down to Miami. Then he turned me on to some candy, like glass. I don't know. Some kind of. Sponge candy. Sponge candy. I mean, I was there three days, two days, and I gained 18 pounds. <laughs> then he took me to eat at this place where they had a hot dog, and then it was Ads. wrapped in bacon. I'm like, the, the, not enough nitrates in the hot dog. Let's wrap it in bacon. And I'm like, how anybody lives to be 65 years? Crazy. But, and I went there wanting to hate every moment of it because I'm a Dolphin fan, and I, I've lived through the bad 90s. I lived through the good 70s and 80s when we took you guys to town. And I lived through the 90s where you whipped our ass all the time. But yeah. I couldn't have been in a nicer place. Well, Everybody was super fucking If nice. it makes you feel better, man, Tua and Tyreek are the direct reason I lost fantasy this week. Uh, this dude had both of them. Amaran, St. Brown. This dude dropped like 200 points on us. I and mean, we, it was ridiculous. We had a 140-point game, and suddenly it just it wasn't And my enough. son lost because J- Jason, uh, Josh Allen throws the ball over four times. If he only turns it over two times, my son wins. And he had uh, he had digs as well. So he's... I ain't worried about Josh. I don't want to talk too much on football, but I'm not worried I, I about him. And listen, I'm in Miami where I hear all that Miami bullshit that we're back. And I said, listen, until we beat Buffalo, we're nowhere. All right? It's true. Uh, listen, I am a realist. Uh, right here, buddy. New England, Bill's can, Mafia. We, we can all rag on the, on the Patriots now. Hey. And, and somewhere deep inside... We chuckled on Monday night, right? Somewhere deep inside. Hey, man, hey, Zach I, Wilson beat us. I mean, fuck. Hey, I bet uh, the Jets money line, so I wasn't laughing. Pretty happy oh, about well, that one. Well, there. Mm. Fuck you, Caleb. It was, one of those, it, was one of, <laughs> it was one of those promos where you get your money back if you lose. So I was like, oh, why not? Yeah, Caleb, I'm going to second that. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to second hey, that, I'm buddy. A, I'm a Pats fan, so, you know. Yeah, fuck Are you. Are you really? Yeah, 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 well, he's going to be a fucking loser for the next 10 years because that's what happens when you well, lose your franchise quarterback. There, there, there were some Philadelphia guys on my chat who were a little nervous at the end of that game. Yeah. Listen, that was a. I told these guys this is a trap game for you guys. They're they're going to honor Brady at halftime. That stadium is going to be buzzed. The players are going to be buzzed. And then Philadelphia kind of laid a turd burger there. I mean, I mean, I've heard it's in my other league, and he didn't do dick. But you know right. what though? You got to win those ugly ones, man. Well, sure. Got to win the ugly ones. The Bills. You the gotta, Bills didn't win the ugly ones. And I, I went to bed thinking that game was over. Yeah, so did I. I went to bed. I didn't Milano go to bed, but I mean, like, I, I am with you. I Milano thought the game was over. Up. Milano picked them off, and I went, that's it. This this game's over, baby. I called I, that. I, even, I looked right at Gio. I said, oh, good. He's dropping back to pass. This is an interception. He threw it right to Matt Milano. I was like, told you. Listen, Dude's an absolute this. bum. I said, I love this. This is. I'm going to bed. Woke up in the morning. What happened? We're a freak, a freak catch by uh, Garrett Wilson away from being 1-0. 
It, I mean, it then, was a, an amazing catch. Yeah. How do you even? I mean, I mean, it happened. I was like, wow, this is just like Justin then, Jefferson last year. I've always thought your special teams were where you right on point, and you gave up that punt for a touchdown. I was like, what the fuck? Whatever. Man. I saw the highlights. It happens. Yeah. It happens. So yeah, so that to answer your question, they're 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 both tough, but only one is deadly. And so, but let me tell you something. He's been great for us. He's involved. Uh, I can't speak firsthand knowledge. I have some secondhand knowledge and thirdhand knowledge about other celebrity cigars. This is not a just put your name on it and, and hope for the best and only do events in your in your hometown. This guy is wearing the shirt on his on his show. He's, you know, he's he did a he did a thing with uh, Chris, the guy whose father used to be on Sixty Minutes, Chris Wallace. Did a thing with Chris Wallace where he talked about you know cigars. You know, he's he's in it, and that can only help us, and it can help every other manufacturer because the the bigger, the better the chance that he can mainstream cigars, the more acceptable it'll be for us. Well, he's Listen, at the I basketball think. game with a cigar in his mouth. Absolutely. I I know I know you guys saw it. Of course. That, that says right there, I'm a fucking cigar guy. That was like, and you guys should all be fucking cigar guys. That was like so Laker, we, Laker game of the first All-Star row. Game. Yeah. It was the All-Star game. The All-Star, oh, game. All-Star game. Yeah. I'm so, a fucking cigar guy, and I want you to fucking know it. We're at our first Miami event at a restaurant. It was during his, uh, I, I want to say it was during the South Beach Food and Wine. All right. So he's there. He's not there yet. We're setting up. So we're, we light up a cigar, and the manager comes over and goes, there is no smoking. I'm like, what? You know we're a cigar company, right? So we had to smoke on the periphery, right where the, the windows, you know, where, the, where they had knocked out, they take out the windows, so it's an open-air place, but we couldn't smoke under the roof. And as soon as guy walked in and he lit up a cigar, the, I looked at the woman, or Jack looked at him, and now and she goes, you know, she just kind of went like this. He ch- he changed the rules on the spot. Hey hey spot. hey hey! He's with us. All right. Yeah yeah. Oh no no sorry. We're with him. We're with, We're with him. him. We're with him. <laughs> big do- big and dogs all of in the sudden, house. Everybody's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. Yeah. I I I just keep laughing though at your impersonation of Eric because after sitting through uh, story time with Eric at PCA, I just he reminds me of like every drunk uncle at the Hispanic party. Oh well, yeah, yeah, but but here's the thing. He's never, never drunk. I, I know. It's just no, the no, way no, he no, talks. Really. Oh, listen. His his thing is to educate you. I want to educate you. So I am the kind of guy that I'm like, well, okay. What are you going to educate me about? And I, I like to, I like to catch him in those things. But he is, you know, he he's the life of the party, and I'm not, and that's okay. Oh. I, the man you know, was sitting there with the his party. shirt unbuttoned, chilling there. Oh, yeah, that, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, That's crazy, laughing. bro. I'm pretty sure he was shirtless at one point. He was, but it was hot as balls there. It was. It was so like 100 and something balls. degrees. It and was... yet some guy was going, it's kind of cool. Fuck you, bro. What are you doing? That's crazy. Bro, we live in so, Buffalo, bro. The day, them days over 80, people die. Have you guys started to uh, winterize your pools yet? Uh, I don't have a pool. I'm not rich, but yeah, uh, uh, I I think there was some usage last week. It was like 90 degrees here, but now we're back. uh, It's 61. Yeah, it's uh, pretty soon. It'll be uh, it'll be cold. This is uh, this is smoking weather, though, man. This is uh, you you light up the fire. You pour yourself a nice bourbon and you sit around the fire and smoke a great cigar, man. I mean, this Mm. is this is this is my favorite time of year. Well, Jack gets up there quite a lot. 
he goes, our rep up there is Nick Goss, who does uh, Massachusetts uh, and then the, the northwestern part of, of New York. It's hard not to know who Nick Goss is. I didn't know he rapped oh, for I mean, you guys, too. Yeah, yeah Everywhere he, he goes, there's a poster of him up yeah. on the wall. Well, listen, if that, <laughs> that guy... Uh, if, if, if he works in your church or you don't, you don't know who Nick Goss is, you're not paying attention. Yeah. I mean, he's Just got no, at the, wall. the poster, <laughs> the, the shower curtain, the candles, the calendar. What is it? Hold on. I'm going to do my best. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got to have the sunglasses <laughs> on. And, and yeah, I don't have the he, sunglasses. When he, talks, when he talks, I swear to God that I wish he had subtitles because I can't understand a fucking word he's saying. He is a Pakistan Hobbit guy. I've, I've ever heard one. I mean, he really, I had to, heck, I got to tell you, I'm like, bro, <laughs> hold on. Can you understand what he's saying? Tell me what he's saying. He's that guy. But but we love him. We love him. He's he a, just recently a put a cigar out too, didn't he, with Cavalier? Yeah, he's doing, Cavalier did, a, did something for him. He uh, he lost a couple of brands because of that, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, Eric, 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 Eric started that way. Eric's not going to fire a guy. Guys, as long as his hustle doesn't interfere with us, we're we're fine. And Nick Nick hustles. Yeah, Nick hustles. I, mean, I don't see why the, if it if you're still producing numbers for them, like why isn't he allowed to eat? Be, because he, for some people, it it seems he's competition. You have hmm. to be realistic. Listen, yeah. if if he's selling, uh, he's selling a, a thousand boxes a year. Good for him. How's a thousand boxes a year putting a dent in in your business? Well, it's I mean, it, it's like you said. I mean, you're almost speaking on the origin story of Eric. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it would almost be like hypocritical of him to, to of really. And he, one thing, he re, he respects the hustle. If your hustle's cool and good, he respects it. So I, I give him credit on that. So, Hector, I got another question for you. Going back to like, the start and the grind of all things, where did your love for cigars come from? When you were starting off maybe as a kid, like. Where no, did you start I, your influence? Like, can I speculate on this? Can I just take a wild guess? You cannot get away from cigars in Miami, <laughs> or if you're a police officer, you That's just can't true. get away from them. It's it a, it's it comes true. with the culture. I will tell you that I wanna I want the story to be great. Like oh, I sat at my grandfather's knee while we sat in the <laughs> tobacco fields, <laughs> and we would underneath and we would shoulder. hand roll on his virgin cousin's thigh. No, we didn't do any of that. Uh, none of my, nobody in my family smokes. Nobody. So my brother, uh, rest in peace. My brother, uh, my brother's godfather was a big mulatto, dark skinned Cuban guy, you know, and he always smoked those 15 cents mixed fill cigars that you bought at the grocery store or the bakery. He'd buy two of them, complain that they were up to 25 cents for two. This is 1982. Uh, I wish he'd buy them, and I worked with him one summer. I am not a handyman. I am. Can you fetch me the hammer? I know what. I know what a hammer is. If you send me to get the board stretcher, we're gonna have. Problems. Oh no! Yeah. You're not the board so, stretcher guy. No, no, you? no. But I, I, I heard about that. I heard about that. So I, I went with him, and I, I really liked the cigar smoke. So when I joined the army, my sar, my first sergeant at permanent party smoked cigars, but I was in. I was in Fort Gordon. I was in AIT. I wasn't part of was AIT. But at the at the PX, all they have is Garcia Vegas, Black, uh, 
Black and Miles, all this. But they did have some machine mains, some Habitampas. So I started to smoke those. Then, uh, you know, I got out of the Army, and I got into Padrones, and, you know, Baccarats, and, and Nat Sherman's. And, and then my palate just kind of progressed. But I've always been a cigar. I mean, we would do, we would go out and do sweeps, and I'd always take a bundle of cigars. Uh, you know, because I, I had a connection. You know, I'd pay. We we would go to. It's funny. I I met Korea Ernie Carrillo a couple of months ago. He invited me over to his place. We had a couple of cigars. We talked, and I told him I had met him thirty four years ago. And he's like, I, I don't remember that. I go, well, how could you? You had hair, and I was fucking one hundred and fifty pounds lighter. But he would sell at a discount to city guys and county guys. A bundle of twenty-five Wavell for seventeen or eighteen dollars, and he's like, "Oh my God, that was at the old plant." So yeah, and then from there, the boom was kind of in full effect. So we go to Puerto Indios, uh, and you know, when it comes to eating cheap and smoking cheap, cops nobody nobody knows better than cops where to where to get where to eat at point five and where to get shit for free. So. Yo, uh, there there are yeah. some dudes that eat free every day at work. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, how yeah. it is. Listen, you're gonna laugh. Back in back in the old days, uh, KFC, if you signed, you got your meal for free. So I worked. in My first unit was a housing police unit, which is, uh, was a bunch of African American guys and a couple of Cuban guys. And our lieutenant was a really white, white, white guy, just a white guy from like Kissimmee, Central Florida. But he was a nice guy, but he wasn't down with the boys he done it out with the brothers and they would fuck with him and they'd sign his name at the kentucky fried chicken and then one day a trace came down is it true dennis adamant ate six times on thursday at kentucky fried chicken he fucked that up for everybody so he fucked that up for us and he was angry as a motherfucker he was hot he was hot bro there were no overtime details for a couple of weeks because of that. Oh, uh, damn. Damn, yeah, bro. He that, took that, that shit is, mad personal. Well, yeah, of course. It's like, I don't even know KFC. It's funny. He didn't know I was a part of it. So he tells me, he goes, heck, because he was, he was, he had a bit of a Northeastern accent, not Boston, but like Northeastern. He was Irish. Not New Jersey. Irish. He was, he an was Irish. Irish. He was Irish. <laughs> heck, you know, and you know what's fucked up? I don't even like chicken. <laughs> I don't know, LT. That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. You want to go grab lunch? Yeah, come on, let's go. Let's go to KFC. Let's go to KFC. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, look at Alfonso brown nosing with the lieutenant. I'll see y'all later, man. I got to get some lunch. <laughs> so that's what happened. I, you know, you just kind of fall into it, and then I, like I said, I, I was going to a shop as a regular. The economy took a shit. The girl who was working there left, and the guy, you want to work three nights a week, three Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll pay you cash, and you can smoke whatever you want. <laughs> okay. where, where do I sign for that? So the first thing I would do every day when I came into the shop, go out of the humidor and look for broken cigars. Oh, that cigar's broke. Can't, smoke, can't sell this one. I take a picture. Hey, bro, I saw these broken ones in the humidor. Padrones, they almost always were Padrones for some reason. Yeah, and, you just, uh, they just dropped on the floor they, somehow. They dropped. The head's cracked. Look at that. You know, hey, I got you, bro. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll take care of these. That's crazy. Oh, no. This entire box of Padron fell on the ground. <laughs> you know, I don't, I feel bad putting these out. But I'm going to keep these under the 
table here. If you want to smoke one, go ahead. Sounds like Jerry at the cigar lounge when we went on his bachelor party, just dropping a whole box of tap blacks, the little oh uh, black cracks. Yeah, so we we went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale for my my uh, my bachelor party. So we end up in one of these little smoke shops on one of the strips, and uh, I mean I'm absolutely annihilated from brunch. <laughs> as you sh- as you should. Be. Yeah, as I should. Yeah. Be. It was I mean, bottomless brunch. We got there at one. It ended at three thirty or some weird hour like that. We got our money's worth. <laughs> oh, you guys were on on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, right, like near the wharf and all that. Okay, you should listen. There's a great shop right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach, and this guy has a bunch of old cigars. Uh, beach cigars, it's called. I mean, you'd go there, and he has like old, old selection that he has it in the back. Had you guys ID yourself, you guys would have been. You guys have been in like Flynn. But anyways, we get into this cigar shop. I'm I'm fucked up. I'm I'm knocking boxes <laughs> onto the floor. The dude's like, "What the fuck?" Almost, I'm like, "Hey, don't worry about it. We're gonna buy the whole box." He was like, "Yeah, oh, okay, cool. In your defense, fuck it. I don't give a fuck." In your defense, Can you do me a favor. Can you knock? I'm not moving those. Can you knock that box down? Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, hold on. You knock that one down. Can you knock that one down? That's a box that's been here a little while. Uh, we got to move some shit. In Jerry's defense, let's move some fucking units. In Jerry's defense, he did buy like ten and like at least three others. I was bought at least five of the same thing. So yeah, least... everybody fucking bought oh, yeah. a shit ton of stuff. They didn't care. I was like, dude, it's my bachelor party. Five, I'm sorry. Five dollars is thick. Yeah, I mean, we five dollars is thick. For God, it's so racks. nice yeah. being in Florida for that aspect. Uh, well, we live in New York, man. I mean, the, the taxes tax. here are just so bad, man. It's incredible. It's so yeah. hard to smoke here. You in California? Oh my God. And uh, and Massachusetts ain't that much better. And Illinois. Oh, Illinois. Yeah, it's it's nasty here, man. It, it is really nasty here, but it is what it is. We make it work. Speaking of random state rules, I want to get your opinion on this. You hear about that governor in New Mexico that tried to do that gun ban? The concealed carry thing? No, I did not. So they had some, like, they declared a, a gun problem, a public health epidemic. She mm-hmm. uh, makes an executive order suspend, saying you're no longer allowed to conceal carry in public for 30 days, regardless of, you know, you being a legal gun owner or not. And everyone lost their shit. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, they showed up big time in uh, their old town, their old right in the downtown city, and they, I think the mayor reversed that in within a weekend. No, wow. they had to. They it got an emergency stay order. Like a federal judge is like, oh. yeah, this is unconstitutional. Well, you can't yeah, you can't yeah, do yeah, that. They, well, I'll tell you, we had a. Uh, it, it ended up being okay, but July first, constitutional carry took effect here, mm-hmm. and that worried me. Because we have a lot of people that uh, recently arrived. Uh, gun safety, gun safety is a big issue, bro. Listen, you know, this is—I can't tell you that there has to be a city greater than Miami when it comes to gun waving. Guys are constantly, "Yeah, we're waving their gun at you." That scared the shit out of me. I mean, I have two young girls, my son's on patrol, and now any shithead can, you know, carry a weapon. That that bothers me. But it's been good. It's been, uh, let's see, six, two months now, and there's been no crazy incidents here in Miami. I don't worry about northern Florida, and I don't worry about central Florida. That They've grown up in the gun culture. Here, it's a little new. Uh, well, you know, they've got guys who are still driving without licenses, for Christ's sake. And that's everywhere. About, yeah. Uh, so I had another question about you being in law enforcement. Uh, were yes. you uh, early 90s uh, into the 2000s, or did you start in the 80s? 
I started in 88. Okay. So I retired in 2022. So was so, I've gone to 21, 21. 21. So was the cocaine culture and everything that they talk about like in Cocaine Cowboys, was it really that crazy that in was Miami? Just a little, that was just a little before I joined the department. Okay. But yes. Yes, yeah. I lived here. Uh, listen, it's it's a combination of things. It was the cocaine culture. It was also the Mario boat lift and a lot of the people who came on the boat lift. Not the good law-abiding citizens. Well, the ones who ended up being law-abiding. It's when Castro emptied his jails. The Scarface. The Scarfaces who had landed here in Miami. Who, I think, if you think 82, 81 to 82, the city of Miami alone, who is their own municipality, their own jurisdiction, had a thousand homicides. A thousand. Plus, Crazy. the county had another thousand. Jesus. It was ridiculous. It was, it, it was the Wild West here. And that thing, that, that thing with the um, Sal, with Magluta, that's real deal. That's that's real. Well, I, I mean, the guys, the guys racing his scarab race boat, and the guy with a warrant on him is watching it on ESPN, going, "Okay, I, I guys want it." Boat, the keys. What the kind of kind of shit is that? Well, yeah. so, and then going back to that documentary, they said like there were some police classes that some of the oh, the whole class that graduated, some of those guys never even made it through a full career on the force because they end up getting arrested because they got involved in the drug so, game or, or not to, or not like to point fingers and to say we're better than them or anything like that. Unfortunately, the brunt of that was taken by the city of Miami. Mm. The, the Miami river cops was the city of Miami. Two of the three riots that started in Miami were on sadly started by the city. Jeez. <laughs> you know, Wild uh, days. It, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it was uh, Miami burned three times and uh it was pretty bad i got to imagine just uh you know obviously buffalo is just so small scale compared to a city like miami um the amount of shit that i mean just between me you and geo how much shit we've actually seen and you especially uh, but i it's, mean it's different you guys have your own problems sure you have your own problems i'll, I'll give you an example i was sitting in a class at a uh, mclaughlin which is that Mid-Atlantic, Greater Lake uh, network sharing shit. I went up to teach a class in Baltimore. I taught a, a gang class in Baltimore. But I sat and watched the guy do the trap interdiction class. He's like in Virginia. This guy, that was a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I believe the it. I, that this guy had for cars that, you know, the, the things that he was picking out and detailing. You know, I, I know they say that you shouldn't, uh, what's the word that they use for it? You shouldn't profile. But profiling works. I don't give a shit what anybody said. Profiling works. And this guy was just showing us the things that they went through. We don't see that. And that's a huge problem. Yeah, we have our problems. Uh, you guys have your own problems. And the fortunate part, and I don't want to say it's fortunate, it's just the way to, we are the sheriff in Miami-Dade County. And in about a year, we actually become sheriffs again after not being sheriffs since the 60s. But inside of Miami-Dade County, you have 37 municipalities with 37 police departments. It's very big. Yeah, how, big is your, how big is your agency, Jerry? Uh, uh, what is it? Top, like 900, 900, all right. 900 people. All right. That's for the Buffalo area. Buffalo right, area. Just Buffalo. Buffalo. What county are you in in Buffalo? Erie County. 
Does Erie County Sheriff's have a big presence? I wouldn't say it's huge, but like they run the jail. They do. Yeah, yeah they, they run the holding center. Do they, they have run deputies. All that stuff. Do they have yeah. deputies that do patrol? They do. Yes. And you have unincorporated areas. Correct. Okay. We do only the unincorporated, and it's still bigger than all the municipalities put together. Oh yeah. The city of City of Miami has eleven hundred officers. The Miami Beach has four to five hundred officers. Hialeah has four to five. North Miami Beach, uh, Aventura has a couple of hundred. You, a homestead has a couple hundred. All these agencies, you're looking at, including our 30,000, there's close to 10,000 places in 2,100 square miles. Yeah. And we just do the undercorporate. And it's crazy. It, it's it's absolute crazy. The presence down there has got to be unbelievable. It's I mean, you see 10,000 local. You have every state agency here the grouper troopers, highway patrol, the avocado police, dirt. I, our nicknames for all of them. Uh, then you have every federal agency, and then Southcom is here. So you have you have Army CID, Navy, NCIS. Oh, by the, by the way, how many NCISs are there on TV? I didn't know Navy had that kind of a prime plan. Yeah. I didn't know you Navy ain't kidding. Like, I actually I mean, had this as a question for you, Hector. Ready? <laughs> Why so much NCIS? What I do mean, you What do you LL think? Cool J sells. <laughs> yeah, right. What do you think the best and most honest? depiction of police work is available on watching a TV show. I worked in an I worked in a unit that was very similar to the wire. And then that's the one I would have said too. The yeah, wire well, is such in my opinion, it is the greatest police show ever made because it starts with the fact that we're going to start a new unit. The chief doesn't want it. So how do you make it not work? You fill it with slugs. That happens all the time. Then they finally get rid of the slugs. And they bring in some guys to work, and they do some really good work. So you, you see a show like The Wire. And what Gio actually told me about this show, I was already a cop. I had never watched it. And I watched the entire series in like two weeks. I mean, I just binged this thing hard. And I was like, wow, what a great depiction of what being a police officer really is. And I had a feeling you were going to say The Wire. The um, Wire. And, and you, you see it from the top to the bottom what it's really like you see what it's like working with da's you see what it's like fighting administration on shit you see what it's like if you go against administration on shit you see like i mean not to ruin it but hey guys it's like what 20 years old uh i mean you could be like you'd be like jimmy you end up on the boat you're like hey man that's a punishment tell me where you don't want don't want to go and i'll make sure you don't end up there yeah right on the fucking boat and they put them right there the police show i love the most was the shield but it was so unrealistic those yeah, guys yeah. were so fucking dirty <laughs> but, yeah that was bad it, it's entertaining it was fun, the cast it was, was entertaining awesome. the entertaining is fuck but unrealistic and the thing I, I the thing I, I can't stand about like modern police shows is every episode there's a shooting first of all people don't understand it if, if you shoot and discharge your weapon on on duty you're going to be out for a, a year well, no, we don't have a year, but I, I watched... Well, maybe. No, I'm saying worst-case scenario. We were but. just watching a movie at the shop, and there was this fucking big shooter, blah, 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 blah. and then the next day, the guy said, uh, what are you up to? No, I'm going to go do a surveillance. No, you're not. You fucking, you're home for three fucking days. Yeah. You're not doing that shit. And or, don't you guys write reports? And oh, who's yeah. impounding all yeah, this evidence? Yeah. And I don't see crime scene picking up fucking shells. or and It's none of that. It drives me crazy. What drives me more crazy is all of a sudden, every TV show, every police TV show has to have a profile. 
profilers. That's that's all the oh, shit. Oh, like all the CIA profiles. Oh no 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 FBI oh. the FBI oh, profiles. Yeah yeah. Oh, all those shows out of uh, what is it? We're looking in for a guy whose mother molested him. I mean, what is that shit? Dude. No, we're just looking for a bandit. We're looking for a, a white Latin male, five foot nine, blue jean shorts, tank top. We're not looking for a guy with psychological problems that you know that he fucks cats. You know that's not what we're looking for. <laughs> And they make it so, oh, my God, you know, oh, Jesus Christ. But The Wire, I have recommended, and it, it got me with the first scene. Well, they, why you let Hot Boogie play if you know that he's going to take money? Because this is America. Gotcha. It's America, man. <laughs> oh, wow. This I mean, you see the pre- the uh, what can happen with the police brutality. Uh, Absolutely. You see well, the, the guy guys like... Hey, dude, fuck you. You're going to go do some fucking reports. You see him writing reports, and you're like, oh, my God, A guy who shouldn't be in that unit, but his father-in-law is assistant deputy or chief. So you put him in a a fucking gun hope aggressive unit? No. How many times did he discharge his gun in that? Like twice through the show? And then he killed the cop. Oh, I'm yep. sorry. We shouldn't ruin it for anybody else. <laughs> hey, man, like I said, we already said there's a disclaimer here. If you had not watched The Wire yet, Fast you're 20 forward. years too late. So yeah, get fucked. It's, what a great fuck show. What a great show. But if you want to watch, you know, if you want to watch to laugh, and The Shield is very funny. I had a great time watching The Shield. I couldn't watch CSI, and we helped CSI write a plot line on gangs back in the day, but... But I said, listen, first of all, you'd never have a redhead, a pale redheaded guy. As a in my, that guy would die here. That guy had six <laughs> umbrellas covering that guy. That guy would be dead. I just love the intro, the intros, and he'd say something witty, and they'd be like, <laughs> The first one, I think the first episode or second, I tried to watch the guy. And you know how he, he, he overacted. He went like to the Will Shatner school of, of acting. I got to do it for a fact. Hey, Jones. I'm looking for a guy. I need you to go through those FI cards. I say, who are you looking for, Lieutenant? Juan. And then he walks away. <laughs> what are you, fucking nuts? <laughs> I'd still be there looking through FI cards for a guy named Juan. What are you, insane? In Miami. <laughs> and two hours later, I got your guy. No, you don't. That's the guy you railroaded. <laughs> you don't have Juan. <laughs> what are you, out of your mind? All right, here's a here's a real unrelated question. Now, obviously, Miami's got it's a lot of uh, it's a sexy city. It's got all these like police things here. Of course, look at me. How well did you guys do after the original Bad Boys came out? Oh, Bad Boys was in Broward County, though. Bad Boys was very good for a lot. Of Bad people. Boys Two opening scene. Oh, you're talking about? I the said movie. these guys are yeah. in jail. Oh, for life. they're in jail for, for life. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For life. I thought you, you're talking about the. Um, Bad boys, bad. What you get? The, the TV show, oh, cops. cops, cops. I'm talking about cops. No, Forgive no. Me. He's oh, talking about Will the movie Smith, Mountain ba- Lawrence. Oh yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, you're in bad. jail for that first scene. For all of that shit, the, you know, the chase, bad. the original chase, and then all it is is the captain. He's like, "You guys are making me lose my shit." No, first of you all, wanna... you would be, you would be in jail. They would charge you for what they did. <sighs> It's like about, the scene from the other guys. I'm just going to drive yeah. this Porsche down, or she has my duty vehicle. Yeah. Watch, get the fuck out of here. If dude. you get a chance, watch some old Miami Vices. I work for a guy like that, like Edward James Olmos, who didn't talk much. But I'll tell you what, Olmos wouldn't, he wouldn't allow any of that shit Crockett was doing. And this guy is a New York cop who just transferred over and immediately got into that homicide squad. 
you know, he didn't have to go to the academy. He didn't have to apply. He didn't have to go through all that shit. It's 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 hard for guys like us to watch those shows. Yeah, it is. Like when I watched Dexter, which I oh, is very interesting. I like Dexter series, a yeah. lot, man. They got the badge on the wrong side. It drives me nuts. Yeah. It drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it drives me nuts. And it's like when I watch a, an army show or an army movie. I'm like, oh, those decorations are fucked up. That's not right. That's not right. This guy's an infantryman. We're just fucking. Uh, see, I didn't He's serve, not- so like that wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't mean anything to me. But yes, those little details, like you see police stuff. And they and hire like, guys. Like, what the this. fuck? Then you got like crazy. Saving Private Ryan, which is like a celebrated movie for that uh, like depiction. Like, yeah. But bad boys. Listen, people. It, it's it's an unrealistic approach to all that shit. But we didn't. I don't. I don't remember getting a lot of slack about boys. By oh, then, no, bad boys. I mean, or getting a lot of fanfare. By then, the cop thing had wire had been out already, and and uh, what what is it? You know which cop movie I like? Copland. Now oh, that's closer it. to home for you guys, because it's New York cops who all live in New Jersey. Mm. And I thought you haven't seen that movie. Stallone plays a great deputy. He's a de- he's a sheriff. In a little or Podunk County, where all the New York cops live, and those New York cops are fucking. Uh, Michael Rappaport plays a great role, but it was the I one good work. role he has because he sucks. Well, but listen, he's but a great he was, comedian. He's funny. Well, he's funny. I think he sucks. But his role in the movie was very good. I watched that movie and I was like, I remember watching with some guys and they went, "Is that like that?" I go, "I, I can't tell you because that's a different animal up there. New York is a different. It's like going to Chicago." Or L.A. Those are, I mean, we're a big department, but we're like ninth largest in the country. There are 3,000 guys in our agency. There's 20,000 in L.A. County Sheriff. 20,000 LAPD. Yeah, let, me give you a, let me give you a California cop movie, man, that really strings, tugs the heartstrings yeah. a little bit, man. End of Watch. I have not seen that. Oof. Great movie. Rough. That's, uh, yeah, that's a great Jake one. Jake Gyllenhaal, stopped, Michael Pena. Rough, rough, rough watch, I stopped, man. I stopped watching. Uh, I stopped when my son went to Iraq. I stopped watching war movies. It was tough because he was over there for a year. Well, End of Watch was a police movie. but And police movies because sometimes they just drive you so insane. But if you're saying it's a good movie, I'll watch it. You got to watch it. I'll give it a End of Watch. And actually, I'm expecting a text. I want, I want, to, I want, to, I want to see how you well, do with it. it. It'll be this weekend. It, it, it tugs. It tugs at the heartstrings a little bit, man. It's kind of. It's well, kind of difficult. And Gio looks like Michael Pena a little bit. So yeah, me, me and Gio, <laughs> I mean, Gio and I are like Michael Pena and Jake Gyllenhaal a little bit, right? I guess. You're the white guy. I'm the Hispanic guy. That's about it. <laughs> hey, bro. I didn't. I didn't profile <laughs> you or anything, but I feel like you'd be great for that role. Uh, that's all we needed. Oh shit! <laughs> <sighs> I'll tell you. Uh, it's 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 like I said. It's hard to watch a cop movies. It's got to be hard for you guys as well. Mm. It, it's the other not entertaining. It's though. not super entertaining because you just like it's hard for you to suspend your disbelief. But The Wire, I watched every season, yeah. every episode. And while some people went, "Oh, season two, it's about," it doesn't matter. It core, it's all part of the main. Well, story. It, it resonates with us. I'm looking at, and, and I mean, there's mother, like, there's times I'm motherfucking the administration. I'm like, fuck that guy, dude. Fuck him, dude. Fuck that asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it. Stars I, I totally understand it. Stars go war in that series we, too. We all know what is the main character's name? The Irish, Jimmy McNulty. Jimmy McNulty is McNulty. the name of the, every, the officer. Every, everybody knows a McNulty. Yes. <laughs> and they got away with some shit. Listen, I mean, we got a lot of Irish coppers up in Buffalo. <laughs> and we don't have we don't have a lot of them. 
but everybody has a guy like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'll tell you a story that very few people know, but it's, it's, it's nowadays it's PJ. But McNulty wrecking his car, then end up at the bar, and then fucking the waitress. You know, I mean, that's that's that's, that's typical. So, in self-destructive behavior. Ninety-three, nineteen ninety-three. My fa- I was in crime scene, which I hated working in crime scene uh, because I don't like blood. I didn't know at the time. You know, you live, you learn. Um, Shocking. <laughs> so, we go to a scotch tasting. And I got banged up. I drove. (laughs) I got banged up. My lieutenant ended up driving me. His buddy, a sergeant from another another unit that came. So the three of us went. We got back. And Jim, I'll only use his first name. Jim drove JJ back. And then he drove me back to headquarters because his car was at headquarters. And he said, listen, you got to relax. I said, okay. And then he goes, no. He had JJ in the car first. He was going to take JJ home. He goes, you got to relax. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And then he goes, nope. He takes JJ to his house. So while he's taking JJ out of his car, I get out of my car, and I walk like 120 or 200 yards, and I fall down on the ground. So a call goes out, sick and injured man laying on the street. <laughs> so I'm fucking, I'm out. I'm sleeping. But I hear... The Christmas lights coming down the street. So I kind of open up one eye and I'm like, well, what the fuck's going on over there? Not knowing they were for me. So the first guy on the scene is a guy who I end up working with several years later. And he just came out of Northside District, which was our kick ass district in the county, where you're very aggressive. And this was in Doral, which is a more laid back district. So he tries to kick me awake. <laughs> this guy's about to. The second guy on the scene goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know that guy. That guy works for us. My lieutenant gets out of, when he drops JJ off, looks on the street, he goes, where's Hector? Oh, he must be where those police cars are. (laughs) So he walks over, opens up his wallet, takes out his insurance card, shows it to these guys, grabs me, and puts me back in my car. Not his police badge, his insurance card. Because he's banged up too. Fast forward. Two years later, I get to the gang unit. I'm putting my shit in my cubicle. I look over at the guy next to me, and this guy is just staring at me. I go, what's up? He goes, I know you from somewhere. I said, well, I worked here. I worked there. He goes, nope. I don't know you from there. This went on for six months. And finally, he walked in. He goes, I know where I know you from. (laughs) You're that dude I had to kick awake. (laughs) I said, I said, what are you fucking, what are you yelling about? I could have filed a complaint and you kicked me like six times. You <laughs> broke my damn ribs. I thought you were asleep. I thought you were dead. <laughs> Where did they teach you to kick people who are dead? Oh, if they're dead, they won't hurt. You got to make sure they have a I, reflex. I really oh, dude, that's, that's, that's where the old sternum rub comes into play. He was, he was, and I said, Joe, you're a little aggressive. He goes, oh, I just came back from Norse and I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Said, you just kicked motherfucker. He goes, Louie. Save your life. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> save your fucking life. <laughs> oh, that's a good story. I'm sorry. All right, I'm well, sorry. I'm hijacking. glad that that was the story because one of my questions was going to be like, do you have any good stories for us? But I, I think that serves you just. Well, that's just a good right story there. for me. Case wise, um, look, and we, it's a long career. But the case 
I'm proudest of was when we were in IA, internal affairs, we got a complaint that there was a squad not going to calls. Now listen, that's not criminal. That's disciplinary. However, it was a squad of six officers and their sergeant. So it was their sergeant, I'm sorry, their sergeant, five officers, and a PSA. A PSA is a public service aide. I don't know if you guys have them here, mm-hmm. but the public service aide is the hardest working person in the district. They write reports, they write traffic accidents. They're, they're busy. So what had happened was the sergeant on that squad, and we work three area patrol. So we have, uh, for instance, the afternoon is 31, 3,000 unit is the release, is, uh, is the release squad. 3,100 will be area one, 3,200s are area two, 3,300s are area three. And she, he noticed that she would take guys off her calls and put relief people on. And he, he got pissed off. He confronted her and she says, you're retiring. Why the fuck do you care? Obviously, he cared a little more than that. And he came and he filed a complaint. So we watched these people for six months. We watched these people. It's hard to follow guys in a marked unit. It's very hard. But at the end, we relieved them all of duty because they weren't going to calls, Jerry. Jill, they weren't going to calls. And it wasn't like they weren't going to a bullshit call. It was two-year-old child, non-responsive, not breathing. And we're videotaping them while they're having their Cuban coffee and saying, oh, show me coming from distance or advise when fire rescue responds. And we went to town on these guys. We had eventually 30, almost every one of them had at least 30 disciplinary administrative charges. And the director was about to retire. And he says, what's the status of this case? And our lieutenant said, well, this is where we're at. He goes, let's go. Let's go. Let's bring them off the road. We're going to take them off the road. So how you take guys off the road here, I don't know how to do over there. You need a lieutenant to relieve a sergeant. You need a sergeant to relieve an officer. And they're, they're, in their mindset, they brought in the whole afternoon shift. And we're there quietly. It, it's, we brought in the whole afternoon shift. So it's three, four squads. So you're listening, and the squad in question, the sergeant says, oh, we're probably going to get a unit accommodation. And then they said, well, we don't have enough people. Let, let the other ones go back on the road. 3,100 3, stay here. And they relieved them all of duty. Three of them ended up getting fired. Three of them got their jobs back after a while. And I know it's not a sexy story, but it's a necessary story. Mm-hmm. Bro, that could have been your two-year-old or your grandmother. These fucking guys would not go to fucking calls when we're done here i will i think i have the link somewhere of the news story and i'll show i'll share it with you jerry the these guys it was it was so flagrant so flagrant that that's the kind that's the kind of story that that people like it looks bad but we felt really good about that because these guys were just embarrassment just a fucking embarrassment so it's you know i i don't i feel no shame or no pity for those guys I get it, man. I totally get it. Nah, yeah, I mean, dude. Uh, how hard is it? Go to a call, buddy. You're 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 on duty, and you're 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 on your tour of duty for fucking ten hours or whatever it is you guys work, and and you guys aren't going to you know priority calls, and I mean, listen, those, those kind of guys. A simple nine one one hangup. You just drive by the QTF. You drive by the location. If it's not there, hey, you you cancel the cancel the call and you move on. Yeah. It's no, I, t- I get it, man. That's that's crazy. crazy. And, like, we've all had it when we went to one of those calls where you're like, 
oh wow okay yeah i'm glad i just risked my life driving 90 miles an hour to get to your you know and then you get motherfucked by somebody else but you still do it because it's your fucking job of course it's your job but jeez you know Christ, we man i've been motherfucked by people you know i'm like dude i just drove 100 miles an hour to get here i got here in one minute to start doing life-saving measures and you're gonna fucking tell me fuck you i remember my, my no 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 bro fuck you, you. No, fuck right. you when my kid came on I listen, he's his own man. And my son is ten times tougher than I am, ten times the man I am. Just from his time in Iraq and, and he's policing now, which is, you know, it's tough. And I, I remember telling him every chance I get, I told him everything I could tell. But at the end of the day, they live their own experiences. So and I'll tell you a funny story about him. <laughs> he uh he had just got writing assignment he's by himself he is the backup to a, a guy who has a call where a drunk ex-husband is trying to make gain access to a house entry to a house and the woman calls the police so Hector's a big kid Hector's like 5'10 5'11 250 245 oh, he a big boy just, yeah he had just gotten out of the army too so he was still he was still he's got no neck he's real scrappy you know? so he gets to the call and the guy's drunk, but the, the, the lead officer is a little guy, and he can't, can't grab the guy, can't, can't grab the guy. So Hector grabs the guy, pushes him to get the car. So when he grabs his arm to, to cuff him, the guy reaches over and bites him on the, on the forearm. And been there. Hector put it on him. I've been there, man. So Shit sucks. There ain't nothing get, worse than getting bit. I get a call, like, 1045. Uh, hey, Pop. Look, I'm just calling to tell you I'm on my way to the hospital, Kendall Regional. I got into a little dust up, but I'm okay. All right. All right. No problem. Let me know. So I hung up. Fuck that. <laughs> Get my keys. Drive to the hospital. Go in the, I go in the police entry around the back. I get off and officer, can I help you? I said, and I, I reached for my, he goes, oh, 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 are you Alfonso's father? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, he's in there. I go, how is it? He goes, and he goes, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. So, you know, I come in again, and there he is. And he's a little dirty. He's the bite's intense. He's dirty. He's a little... And I'm trying to make light. I, uh, hey, you don't look so good, man. What happened? He goes, go check out the guy in room 32. Now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's face was like this. Yeah. I peep in, and I go, oh, fuck. When I walk back out, his one of the guys in the squad goes, "Hey, are you Hector Scarlett?" Yeah, and he goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I go, "What happened?" He goes, "Man, he bit him, and that was it." And I go, "What do you mean that was it?" He goes, "That was it. <laughs> that was it." Case closed. So, that don't was case people. closed. Yeah, don't bite people. So I'm like, damn, I have no fuse. I, I have a little fuse. This kid has no fuse, no fuse whatsoever. Oh, but you know what? I've I spent a couple of months looking for, like, you know, the my kid's an honor roll student. I was looking for my kid, put your kid in the hospital, but I couldn't find one of those. <laughs> oh, those gotta, gotta, I've seen a great, uh, a great bumper those. sticker that says, uh, my honor, or wait, no, what was it? My kid Narcaned your honor roll student? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was That's a big awesome. fan of that one. That's awesome. It's a good one. But, That's uh, fucking good. Yeah, man, we're 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 getting close to to closing out the episode. I knew this was going to be a good little uh, talk with you, Hector. Obviously, oh, I appreciate dude, you having me on, man. Dude, 
I just knew that we were going to be able to come. And, uh, you know, this is a side that I knew a lot of our audience, they don't get to listen to this that often. Uh, I knew this is going to be a very police-heavy episode. Um, and I knew we were going to be talking about it. I, I, I feel like just being able to hear some of these stories and the things that we deal with daily, uh, they're well, so I unappreciated. Re- I can relate to you. Yeah, 100%, I mean, man. You got yeah, I mean, we all like cigars and we all smoke cigars. We might not all smoke the same cigars, but we can all relate to like, yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah. I, I, I've heard that story, but my guy wasn't Irish. My guy was Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, like we're serving this, this huge warrant back in the, the early late night late 90s. And one of the guys was a fucking bum and he was sleeping on the bench and you fucking shake him. Hey, come on. You're going. What are you guys doing? What are you doing me for? Going for Rico. Rico? I don't know any Cordovans. I don't know any Puerto Ricans. He didn't know what the fuck was about Rico. But you guys get that. I can't tell. I can't say that story on another show, you know? Well, it's just funny. Like, you think that particular, like, bond is literally, like, you, you've traveled a lot. So I'm sure you could go to any cigar shop and have a conversation like you had with us at PCA, like we had here. Every and- shop, I get lucky. I get very lucky. Every shop, there's either a retired guy. Or a guy, I, I met a guy, uh, I was traveling in Ohio in January, or no, March, March. And I met a guy who looked just like Skip Martin. Just like Skip. I even took his picture. Doppelganger. But he's a, he's, a, he's a homicide detective in Dayton. And I sat down, and it's funny, it's, I know you guys do the same shit. I sat down, I looked at my rep, and I go, that guy's a cop. And he goes, well, how do you know that? I go, bro, come on. Come on. <laughs> You just know. No, Sniff him out. That, yeah. that, that guy's a cop. No, that's that guy's he, a cop. The patience factor. Like, I'm sure I, I have a longer fuse than most. Jerry, like, when he makes his way back in here in a second, will tell you. Like, I just think of the times where it's like, finally, like, you get pissed off and you're, like, just ready to, you know, curse someone out. You know, you try to hold right. it for the professional thing because everything's on camera. Like, oh, just, yeah. You guys, you guys, man, the cameras now. Yo, so like there was a situation we had to talk about it and they're like, you're getting asked about it. And they're like, did you see anything unprofessional? Like we're getting interviewed as a witness. And I'm like, no, everything seemed to be on board. He's like, what do you think? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I was like, I mean, I probably could have not called the guy, you know, a fucking asshole. But, uh, but I got caught up in the moment. Yeah. And they're like, he's making the face. Like, <laughs> oh, once they motherfuck you. Yeah, it's it's on, buddy. Yeah. You know, I and I told. My son said, you guys have it harder. That camera is a nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare. See, that's the thing. I, I just want to say one thing on the camera, okay? The camera, it saves you way more than it hurts you. It does. Now, way more. In this now, culture and then in, in, in where now, we are Jerry, in society. The first few weeks you had that camera, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's different. Like, So me and him, we had cameras since day one. That's all we know. I can only imagine adjusting to it. It's like some guys that just is like, tomorrow you're on camera, buddy. Here you go. And now you guys, your camera turns on automatically, right? No, we still, we haven't gotten those. We still get the one that, you know. Well, like my son at first, he got, not in trouble, but he got, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the council, unofficial council. Uh, a hey, reprimand or some shit. Rep- like no, not even. Just, you know, hey, bro, you got to turn on your camera. Turn on your camera from the beginning. And, but it's funny that, you know, you you forget at first now now you know now you know all yeah. the time in our in our uh in our city we call that the pee slap <laughs> the pee, yeah there you go. hey buddy you gotta hey. put that on 
Yeah. yeah. It's, and, it's, I can't imagine what's coming up after Cameron. I mean, I've guys, heard a lot of rumors that places actually want the cameras to go because the complaints are just like, I mean, there, there's almost no like evidence on people. And then now they're, they're being proved wrong so often that like leave the people almost don't like the cameras. You know, when I, when I worked, uh, one of the things that I think is very important is GPS on your car. GPS on your car. Very, very. I agree. 100%. But so here we one out. of the telltale signs of a guy that was up to no good, his GPS is disabled on his car. Every well, time. we can't do that. If we were to say, like, if we, the so way it is for us. The way you would, log on to your laptop, you would bypass the, GP, the GPS. So you could still take calls on your, on your laptop, but it wouldn't, the dispatcher wouldn't know where you were until you said you were there, and then you would mark. So... That's, this is, but this is 25 years, 20, let's see, almost 20 years ago. Technology has changed. Yeah. Listen, now I had, a, I had to take a engine. dispatch class. I had to learn how to use a dispatch panel. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, no wonder those dispatchers all go crazy. I mean, you know, they're sending calls, taking calls, but we would, as soon as we get a complaint, hey, we're looking at this guy. I log him on. Yes, his fucking, his thing is off. His thing is off. As soon as his thing is off, it's almost like a red flag. Yeah. Hear me out. Future of policing and all that. You guys are going to be wearing these glasses and it's going to have AI face scanning technology and you're going to be able to see guys. They're going to be you're going to recognize their face. They're going to be in the system. You're going to be like, got a warrant, got a warrant. And That'd be that's great. how you're going to be. That'd after. be fantastic. It's almost like a, like a like a RoboCop or whatever. Warn LPR almost. Well, that would be awesome. Yeah. Like be, RoboCop when he. He had the, the, the red light on his thing, and he could see who everyone was. Futuristic. All right. Since we're no wine. one would want that. Every city w- or uh, <laughs> like war civil ACLU would fight that too. They like, would death. Death. All right. So Hector, here's one for you. As we're winding down, getting to the last third of our cigars. Uh, so Espinosa has a huge lineup of cigars, from like the sweet cigars, the small cigars, to like the heavier cigars, and the bigger ring-gauge cigars. What is your favorite out of the whole entire Espinosa lineup? Okay. Well, can I, I can, can give you two answers? Of course. All right. My favorite is the 601 Green. Oh, I did the blue. It was very nice. The Maduro. I like, I like the 601 Green a lot. It's my favorite. It's the most unappreciated cigar in our portfolio. My, the one I'm proudest of is the Crema. Because I don't smoke Connecticut. I don't smoke Connecticut at all. Very rarely. So to blend a Connecticut cigar when you don't smoke Connecticut, I found very difficult. I mean, the same thing happened with the Candela. We did a, we did a Candela, and I don't know anybody. You know, Candela is not super popular. It's not like the 40s, the 50s, or the 60s. Personally, but I hate Candela. Was that the lot, wasabi that the you guys wasabi. put out? Okay. And, you know, before I made that, I smoked every Candela I could find. And there are a lot of bad ones. There are a lot of good ones. There are a couple of good ones. <laughs> yeah. there are a couple of good ones. I remember Dion's was very good. La Floyd's is very good. Uh, and Skip's was very good. So I tried to make something in that ballpark. But Crema, to me, I mean, C- Connecticut is lost on me because I, I blended them. I came back, and Eric's like, are they good? I go, you're asking the wrong guy, bro. I mean, they don't, they're better than Habano because I mean, I'm just I was so over Habano. <laughs> but Jack smokes exclusively Connecticut. And he loved it. And then the knuckle sandwich, knuckle sandwich, Connecticut. I actually smoked that a little more. 
home run, man. That's a great cigar. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's a great, great cigar. Spicy as the crema. The crema is a little spicier, but making a Connecticut was probably the one I'm most most proud of. But the green is still my favorite. Still my favorite. Yeah. What was the knuckle sandwich with the with the red sat like satin band? The Maduro. The Maduro. The Maduro and the black one. is the, the habano, really and then the, black the... Is the habano. Is it like an and orange or a yellow one? Why do I remember that? That's one? the yellow one was Jeff special, which okay. was last year's PCA. The okay, orange one is one this well. year's PCA. I actually Listen, have those original uh, I like knuckle them. sandwiches. I never smoked it. It's Habano. I like it. I like this year's better. It's Sumatra. A little nuttier, a little spicier. And getting back to the thing from Guy that we very started at the beginning. I want a 60-ring cigar. So now there's a Maduro in a 60 and a Habano in a 60. I don't smoke 60s. Me for, neither. Generally, I don't. But a box press 60 is much more palatable than a round 60. In my opinion. Yeah, I like box pressed. I agree yeah. with you there. Well, I right. box press everything. Talk good. All right, well, real quick, because this is going to be my little homework for me. See, I like Coronas. What's your guys' best Corona? I, the one that sells the best is 601 Green Corona. All right. All right. The Habano Corona, the Habano Corona is spicy, but not a lot of body to it. The Crema Corona is, you know, it's a Connecticut. I don't know if you like Connecticut. I, I smoke make. everything, so like yeah, it's just me. The Laranja Corona is very good as well. Yeah. But since I I like a little heavier flavor, I go with the green. Because yeah. unfortunately, obviously, with being in Buffalo, uh, we've had a little bit reduced access to your portfolio. I've only smoked the Murcielago and this, and then uh, I think you gave me a little uh, goodie of that one uh, Six Province at the show that I smoked oh, as well. Have you? How would you think of that? I enjoyed that a lot. It's like a box press, almost Lancero-ish. Six and a half by forty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty the, good. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the new hotness, as yeah. they call it, in about four or five weeks. That's good, oh, man. Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I got one of those, and I got. I think you gave. I was lucky enough to year for you to give me two. I got one saved for a rainy oh, day. Okay, cool. And yeah. plus the one I sent you in the packet to Jerry now. Yeah. That is only available to certain stores, and that was supposed to be a product release at the show. But we wanted to release it for this event, and we did. And, and you'll probably see that twenty twenty-five. Wow! Damn, that's, that's a ways away. Uh, yeah, it's a ways away. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we're really gonna cherish that one. That's gonna be a sit down Saver. when the Bills yeah, are spanking yeah. the Dolphins. <laughs> and if they don't, you can still enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. It's a victory <laughs> or depression cigar. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> Um, smoke it in case of victory or to make you feel better. There Just you knowing that you smoking it, I'm back in Miami. <laughs> yeah, you're on the beach. You win. <laughs> you got that warm weather. Uh, one more question to wrap things up. What's yes. to, what should people, listeners, expect to come out of Espinosa in the future? Oof. I mean, well, we, we're we just, just touched on that briefly. Yeah. Well, besides we're just, we're that just, one. We're just finishing our show releases. So the only show release that we have pending is still the Sixth Province. And... We'll be working next year on Warhead 10, which is a really cool size, 6 by 55 oval. Uh, we're working on next year's six provinces, and we're working on a really Cuban-esque cigar that, uh, that we're not ready to release that, but we've got three or four things in the hopper for next year. All right. All right, everyone. The be on the lookout for that. The show's earlier next year. March, we'll man. We'll be there, buddy, and we're going to make sure we come fucking hang out. Yes, Maybe sir. Caleb will come this time. I will be there. You're, you're he says he's coming, but I'm we'll coming. see. Oh, I'm coming. You're, you're always welcome at the booth, brother. I'll be there. 
But uh, yeah, I just want to take this uh, opportunity to thank you for coming on the show, Hector. Uh, dude, I always love our conversations, man. I met you two years ago, and uh, you're one of the guys. I'll be honest, man. I, I think I told you this at the show. You kind of saved Espinosa for me. Uh, the first year, I think, I mean, it was the first year they were introducing the knuckle sandwich. Uh, you know, Guy Fury was there. It I was just, last year. I was last year. Two years. Uh, yeah, two, two years yeah, ago. Two not years last ago. Year, show before last. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, it just seemed like it was a little busy. You know, I, yeah. I, it was hard to talk to anybody. And I, you know, I think you you uh, you saw my necklace and you were like, "Are you on the job?" And then me and you just immediately just, yeah, yeah. Let's fuck fuck the cigar talk for a little while. Let's talk yeah, some baby. fucking. Let's talk the Listen, job. The, I've and, only been doing cigars for twelve years, but I did the other thing for thirty. So it's it's got a little more bigger place in my heart. So, hey man, I you, totally you won the that. game there, so you know that that that's the dream. Get to get get in, do your get time, out. get out. Yeah, bro. Listen, I appreciate you having me on. Anytime I can come on and talk about the brand, talk about what we're trying to do, and then you know commiserate with some guys who are who are you know in, who are going through it. It's it's uh, my pleasure, man. So you know, I our door is always open. We hope to see you at the show. And uh, whatever you have an empty space and you want to talk some shit, I'll, I'm always down there, man. All right, man. We appreciate right. you coming on with us, buddy. We'll uh, right, we'll man. talk to you soon. All right, Hector. All right, you guys be safe. All right, stay safe. See have you, brother. Morning, brother. All right, man. Fucking legend, dude. I love that guy. Every time I talk to that guy, I just have such a great time. Awesome, awesome guy. What did you think, G? Oh, solid, dude. Which, it, it's like we picked up right off sitting off the couches at Espinosa. Which is the part I enjoy the most. Uh, it almost, it's like we just picked up right off that same conversation we were having at the show. Yeah. But uh, that being said, Caleb, did you get your review done, bud? Yeah, I'm all done. I just uh, tallied it up. So uh, hold on. Uh, you take your time with that then. I <laughs> no, I, it's, that. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I got sidetracked, buddy. I'm good to talk about it. All right. So uh, we did the... Espinosa 601 Labamba Warhead 9 LE. Um, appearance, the size, the shape of this thing, and the band. I've given it a 9. It's really cool. The band, I peeled it off while we were doing the show. Um, it almost matches the exact shape of the cigar. Uh, Bird, gave it a 9. No issues with this thing. Didn't touch it up at all. Uh, here's where it's going to get major points with me. Construction, I'm giving this thing a 10. I wanted to ash this thing because the ash was getting long. I tapped it a couple times in the ashtray. This thing would not ash. It, it's solidly constructed. You could drop this. You could probably step on this cigar, and it would still hold up. And you could still smoke it. So 10 for construction, man. Beautifully, beautifully made. Uh, draw with the size of it and the shape of it. I had to do a V-cut just for an exceptional draw. Uh, I gave it a 9. Uh, in enjoyment, we had Hector on, and I gave it a 9 as well. So this got a 46 for me times it by 2, 92 for me. Uh, great cigar. Uh, great smell all around. I said it had that dark chocolate, and it stayed throughout. And it reminded me of eating one of those uh, Hershey bars, but with the dark chocolate. So it really a lot of darker mocha flavors. Not just your average Hershey's bar, but the dark edition. So 92, high-scoring alert. This was a real treat today. I'm going to go pretty much. It's hard to follow that review, buddy. That was a good one, huh? Look at Caleb fucking finally getting a little... Uh, not marble mouth coming up with some actual notes. Everything you said actually made sense. I'm proud of you. I'm going to give you a golf clap for that. 
<laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, listen. Here's my review. Uh, the appearance, I gave it a nine. This thing's really cool, man. The Figurato shape. Uh, I really like the band. This thing's giving me like uh, war bomb vibes. I don't know if you realize, but the band actually is a bomb shape. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking really cool. Uh, the Burn, I gave it a nine. Really, really. I mean, dude, the thing's almost perfect. Uh, it's so fucking good. Uh, Caleb, I want to touch on your construction. 9.5 for me. Uh, dude. Same exact thing. Uh, dude, this thing does not ash. I mean, the thing is just so well constructed. Uh, I, I see why this is a product that they, they look forward to releasing once a year as a limited edition. Uh, really, really awesome. And we got a whole bunch of these, so. Uh, a couple. Sheesh. Shut up. Uh, the draw, I gave this a nine Narc. as well. Really, really awesome uh, draw on this. Uh, no complaints at all. Uh, my enjoyment, obviously, smoking this with Hector, the man who blended himself. 9.5, bring me to a 46 overall, 92. Just like Caleb. Uh, this is getting kind of weird. This is the last few cigars <laughs> yeah. we've smoked. So, uh, same review. Again, the notes I could pick up. Obviously, I'm having a little trouble tasting right now. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I did get a little bit of that dark chocolate you're talking. So, uh, Gio, what'd you think, bud? All right, I'll get into mine. I mean, I'm going to probably have a, a similar score with you guys as far as appearance. Excuse me. Ooh. What the fuck was <laughs> oh, that, God. bud? I've just been having all the fucking... See? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Siri says it's okay. Yeah, right. Appearance, I gave it a nine. This is probably the most unique band I've ever seen. It reminds me of also the... uh, The fuck was that thing from Mario? The bomb guy from Mario. No, the, yeah. the missile thing. Like, yeah. Uh, whatever it is. But that's what it reminded me of, and then obviously like the World War Two like B fifty two bombers that you know they have all those designs on it. Uh, that gets a nine for me in the appearance. Eight point five for the burn. Uh, I touched it up a couple times. Uh, burn pretty even otherwise. I mean, obviously we had like just a lot of sit and listen, and then just you know make sure it just got you know stayed lit for me. Uh, construction i'm right there with you guys i gave it an 8.5 though unfortunately towards the end i had a little bit of blow up mm. uh i don't know what it is but it still smoked through perfectly just the wrapper kind of exploded and i don't know what caused that every now and then that happens you know can't hate on that by any means you know we got a wonderful wonderful cigar there even with my issues with the construction if you guys can see joey i don't know if you can zoom on that but look at that that's a number like even with what happened and as far as that rapper issue, fucking awesome cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get to my draw. I straight cut this, you know, just the traditional, you know, three or four cuts, depending on how deep you push on the, these torpedo, perfecto, figurato, whatever the fuck you want to call it sizes. Uh, I don't think you should V cut this one in particular. I don't think it would have lended it for it. It just seemed a little too narrow at the uh, peak. And enjoyment. I gave this bad boy a 10. I mean, I really enjoy it. This is an episode that, you know, obviously with me and Jerry, what we do for a living, you know, we're just talking shop with the boys. Like, this is no different than, you know, when you're with your guys from work sitting around just talking all the bullshit and everything that you dealt with and uh, just being able to relate. So I can appreciate that. You know, Hector obviously is in the next stage of life for him. 
you know, guys doing crazy things, you know, learning with Nick Malello from Foundation to Blend Cigars, putting out brands, you know, a wealth of knowledge, more than he's probably forgot more things about cigars than I'll ever know. You know, he's right up there with, you know, in terms of knowing what to do. Like, there's just another level to it. And I appreciate him being able to take the time and learn how to do all that. And we didn't even really talk about cigars. We talked more police than anything. Like, if we have him on again, I imagine, what, you know, just asking from that perspective, because this is a guy who makes them himself. Like, and then obviously, you know, Eric coming from that Drew Estate family that seems like so many of these like prominent cigar makers have come from. The like, godfathers of cigars, yeah, almost. I mean, so, well, like the new generation of craft boutique cigars. Well, I mean, shit. Saka, Nick. Uh, Eric. Mickey, Eric, Mickey Pag. It's just a who's who, like Skip, you know, you got all these guys and he has like these great relationships. And I love that they don't uh, shut each other down. They don't stifle each other. They all want to support and just laugh and appreciate the craft. It's just, it's so parallel to like even policing. Like, you know, we could talk about what Miami's got going on, what New York's got going on, Chicago, California. Shout out to the LAPD guys. They're shit. I, I hear all your policies coming out. Sucks to suck. Not at you in particular, but administration. But, <laughs> again, that brought my overall score to a 45, giving me a 90 for this bad boy. Perfect. What's that come out to, Caleb? All right. Overall score from the boys, 91.33. So, 91. Uh, another high rating alert. Yeah. Perfect. Dude, well deserved on this cigar band. It was awesome. That being said, Caleb, any closing notes to the episode? Well, guys, just make sure you follow Espinosa Cigars and all the guys that are working for them, like uh, Hector himself. And just make sure you check out our TikTok, our Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube channel, which is very important. So uh, make sure you like, share, subscribe, and comment on the posts, the videos, everything we're putting out. Just let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you want to see, review, uh, drink as well. And uh, we appreciate all our followers and subscribers. And those, again, who bought the Penelope bottle, which sold out, another barrel pick gone. Uh, thank you for all the support, and I hope you guys enjoy those bottles. Perfect. And if you guys are listening to us audio only and not on YouTube, make sure you guys are checking us on out on Cigar Hustler Podcast Network. Uh, you can find all of our episodes there, audio only. And uh, yeah, man, Geo, closing notes, bud? Uh, my closing note's going to be a little shout-out to our boys on TikTok that uh, we don't know anything about firearms at all. We've never, ever understood anything about firearms at all anything like that you know heavens to be like what you know shame on us for being so uneducated on a topic that's so funny that you bring that up because uh the boys them them kids on uh tiktok and on the the youtube the comments uh you know we have no idea what it's like to to run and use firearms and and you know have them in our everyday lives yeah the origin of where they come from and you know we don't know any of that stuff. One thing I want to touch about, the origin of guns. Does that matter? No, it's... A, Not the origin, no, but well, like, no. where are these guns coming from? That's, these people are acting like we have no clue. You people on TikTok from Chicago, where the guns come from is not the problem. It's your residents who are shooting at people. That's the problem. Get hey, it through your skull. My my last <laughs> point on that before we get close this out here. Hey, guys. um, Crazy. So Indiana has all these loose laws, but they don't have anywhere near the crime. Something, right, go ahead. something to stew on. 
Conspiracy theory. (laughs) That being said, guys, we will see you guys next Wednesday. Peace. The Down to Herf podcast, its owners and sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It's not our intention to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Jerry Lewandowski, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their show. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hopes that they will be entertaining to the audience.